All right, kids. Um, so now uh, it snowed again, and this is a morning episode. So we've got about, I don't know, about an inch of snow now on the ground. Which means that all of this snow is going to turn into ice. If it continues like this. Uh, but I should be able to get a walk in this morning. And it's already 6.30, 7 o'clock, so we don't have that much time. Maybe an hour. I'm going to go feed the chickens. Take a look at them. Collect some eggs. And then, um, and maybe do a little more of a walk. It occurred to me that, uh, this idea that we don't know what we're doing. that we uh, have ideas and forget them. That it seems to be some kind of permanent state that we're in. The unerträgliche Leichtigkeit des Seins. The unbearable lightness of being. Franz Kafka wrote a book called that. on and in the book the guy was just like a doctor in Prague in the communism and tales of animals know how fresh they are indications of what happened you know going hunting has a purpose and you don't forget that it's like survival this is a rabbit here squirrel
Looks like a rabbit. With two long hind legs and two short front legs. Could be a squirrel or some other small animal. But the hunter has a purpose. He knows what he's doing. trained up to do it. They have the neural networks in place. They're showing all the different tails and trails and techniques. They go out in groups and it's a living thing. It's a meme. It goes on for generations. Always getting better. A behavior, group social behavior. Listened to this great episode on passive income yesterday, which really made me change my mind. This guy was selling brushes and fonts and things like that. Driving people to his website, and he read emails. And he was an Adobe user. That's my dog, or grandma's dog that I'm watching. So this um, passive income was neat because he was making money, and he didn't have to go to work. He wasn't, like, working for someone directly. He was selling stuff, and he said 90% of his time he's just developing relationships with clients. Finding out what people need, interacting with people. And then putting more stuff up for sale. <sighs> he said he made 70000 in one month. good month, November. 
so that's kind of interesting actually and uh, well they were saying a podcast could be a business as well not that this podcast is much of a business let me tell you But those chickens do not like to go in the snow, let me tell you that. They <laughs> will very rarely walk on the snow. Because it's cold on their little tootsie toes, as my mom would say. So, uh... I started using the AWS, no, the, the Azure CLI for creating my uh, Azure DevOps pipelines. And that's kind of neat. Seems like there's a lot of work to do for Azure DevOps to make it more open, if it ever is going to be open. But if you're going to choose Azure, if you're going to choose Microsoft, why would you expect it to be open? This little bit of snow is not that bad. I can do. I can manage this. So, um, in terms of business, doing things for other people, we could create little web services that does little things. I think for the beginning now, what we're going to do is we're going to work on our server. And we're going to get all of these Silicon Valley apps closed down and backed up, which is a Google. The Google Photos app is pretty damn good. And it's going to be hard to, to live without that image search capability, let me tell you. Uh, 
But, um, what if I were to replace people's faces, like with a Stalinizer, and then upload them to Google Photos, so that Google would actually think that this particular smiley face is you? I think that's still a pretty good idea. Like, just upload a different person's face. And I could be Stalin, and my wife could be like Cleopatra, etc., etc. So we would choose different personas. And then I could still upload those pictures, use them for search. I still consume all the metadata and other data. It's interesting though. And we give into this because of dopamine, because of the way we feel. And also the easiness. So we gotta learn something from this, kids. Gotta make it easy on people. the way to make money. Google's making money by making things easy. So, um, I guess we're going to have to reframe our business idea, our printing press, as being easy. Like some easy steps to add some security to your life. Baby step one, get a copy of your data. And you know, I couldn't log in to my other Google account to download the uh, emails. It's pretty crazy. With machine learning, we're really getting into another level of, um, let's call it the establishment versus the plebs. 
because the plebs do not have machine learning resources available to them. Now, I get eventually, I suppose, if enough of them got together, we did create some kind of network that we could share some of these resources. We could maybe do some machine learning. It's a big bill to pay. So I think we need to start with some principles and some rules, some ideas. mission statement it's more easy to read in a white paper when I'm thinking proof of stake for hardware Like, let's think about that. Like, I'm going to give you some program to run that definitely requires this amount of CPU and this amount of disk space and RAM. And uh, you're going to give me the answer. And we're going to make it so that you so hard that you can't do it unless you have those resources available to you. And running it is going to further the cause. That's kind of like what we need to get into. It's got to be cryptographically encrypted. The data has to be prepped in such a way that even if you stole the memory, you wouldn't have the big picture. All the IDs have to be replaced with synthetic IDs. So encrypted data, basically, encrypted IDs. Each node would get their own workload, let's say, or each packet of work would be completely encrypted so that only the creator of the packet would know what's actually being done, okay?
your emails being encrypted in a way that you're replacing the characters or the words with something. Using some kind of cipher. Something, some ideas here. We'll see how much of that's possible. But having some extra steps, extra CPU burn, that could be seen as just the be seen as just the um, cost of doing business and I think compressing and replacing words could be could be done it's like what does the um, What does a computer know about words anyway? If words are just elements of a set, and um, you know the most common word is the, you could probably figure out which one is the. probably figure out which one is the word for the person's name, even if you don't know the person's name. Right? So let's just say we would replace all the email addresses with a certain tag, all the different data types with a certain tag. They could even be tagged. This is email address number five. Now we have to make this whole system so that if an enemy captures one of these processing nodes, they won't be able to um, decrypt it. So you have an email address you know, you have H email headers.
is the content. You've got images. You've got patterns. And this is going to get into some of the factoring and the numbers that we looked at. Because if if we can see that certain structures of a spam email are reoccurring, and we can find them quickly, And I guess if we go down to the bit level on the computer, we could use different, we got 64-bit computers. So we got 64 bits that we could use to describe and filter quickly. And um, we could even compress, apply compression and then merge bits together. thinking if factorization is not this type of operation somehow on a different scale or different way but basically we want to check if certain patterns are true I guess what I'm looking for is a way to quickly check these patterns and look for common patterns. And this is going to get into the representational form. Like choose the right representation that you can quickly determine what's going on. Like we talked about summation. So what if we added up and summarized every node so we know exactly how many nodes are in the children. Every time we added something, we would have to run those sums up the chain and update all the parents. If you add a leaf, you have to update all the parents and tell them about the new sum. And then at the top level, you would know you've got this many of these this many of those, you've got some checksums, so you would know so you would know structure is the same. And I guess abstracting things could be like, well, I've got multiplication. I've got this many multiplications with additions nested. So you could do like pairs of two.
could create a ma we could create matrices with all the different pairs. We could create cubes. Multi-dimensional vectors containing more and more information about what is inside until it actually ultimately will give a full representation of what's inside. We talked about this as well. Having a multiple a multi um with multiple rows in it, multiple tuples, and the relationship between all the different nodes inside. On the uh, node level, not even on the symbol level, like addressing each part of the tree. And um, if we look at it as a binary tree, oh. with like 20 elements, like 20 bits, let's just say they're 54 to 64 bits, like the maximum nesting level is 64. I think in the book, I saw the maximum nesting level was 20. So we've got, excuse me, I had to hack a Luger there. That was disgusting. Disgusting, I won't do that again on tape, I'll have to pause it. Someone was like, why is he sniffling on the podcast? Sniffling. He's got a snowblower. Okay, we're doing good. 712. Means we got about 50 minutes, an hour and 50 minutes to get back. I guess we've only been walking for about a half an hour. So we're going to be able to deliver my package. 45 minutes to get to the university. 
I have 45 to get back, and I got this chalk with me for writing the podcast name on that, that whiteboard. Because they got rid of all the chalk. So we're going to be able to construct today's uh, picture. Okay, so where are we? Where are we? So we're wondering if we can find some easy to use representation of these uh, expressions that we can search search for patterns and I don't think regular expressions are going to cut it so can we match a subtree which will be a binary tree just say we had a way to match binary trees with partial or full matches. And it could return another binary tree that tells you how much it overlapped. And you could express that as a number, as a percentage. have thousands and thousands of trees and I'd have the relationship between them how much of them they're overlapping what's the difference between them how much are they differing Now we would also limit this in depth and so forth. So it's going to produce n squared differences, or n squared divided by 2. So we're going to create a huge matrix. And inside the matrix, we're going to have some complicated cells which represent the difference so I guess we're really getting into what we're really getting into here kids 
is more complicated uh, structures, matrices, multi-dimensional matrices. And I'm assuming that anything that we produce we could represent as a matrix or a multi-dimensional matrix or a vector. And we could just plop them in each other. It's just memory. It's like if it's a tree structure, it could be represented as a matrix. What's a tree except a matrix? That's sparse. even maybe a vector. Of pairs. Tuples and so forth. I mean no one says that these structures have to be simple. So really we're talking about multiplication. We've got a set of rules that we multiply by items in a set. And that gives us a new set, which we then multiply by the rules. And we divide by other rules. Okay, I'd like to carry on what we did yesterday. First, we're going to, for each item in the set, we're going to apply these rules. And produce n number of new items, one for each rule, multiplied by each item in the set. And then we're going to, for each item, each resulting item, we're going to try and divide out or subtract out certain things, factors, stuff that we can't see that's maybe across multiple levels, stuff that's more, requires a larger view of things. And that will I guess reduce items or remove them. Remove duplicates, let's say. Map, reduce. We'll do that iteratively. Reduce. There we go.
So that's kind of neat. And now, interestingly enough, we also want to have some concept of we've already processed these things. And these are the new things. Because, you know, once we've applied some rules to the old elements, we don't want to apply them again because they're already there. I think, or not. Like in a tree structure, we only want to build off of the newer stuff, not the older stuff, because that's already been solved. So I guess we could look at everything, but really we only want to look at the new stuff. So those, there's some shortcuts we can do. So, um, how you guys doing, huh? I see people are still listening, or someone's still listening, or maybe they're just bots, and no one's actually listening. But, uh, we're still producing, we're still here, kids, we're still, we're still here. Luckily, I was able to do my morning walk, which I severely miss. And maybe that's why I was sad the other day. So I was missing my morning walk. Maybe that's the explanation for my sadness. So we're back in business now with happy walking. feeling good. There's nothing like a nice walk to make you feel good, especially if it's snowy outside. I don't know if people want to live in the heat all the time, but having some snow is actually nice. It's something different, you know? It also kind of gives you a break from the monotony of perfect beach sunsets every day. I mean, imagine how boring that would be, living on the Bacardi Island with coconuts. 
the only thing that spices things up are like some occasional, oh, I don't know, hurricanes that you have no way to escape from. Okay, so let's get back to what we can do. So we're gonna have to carve out a space for the server rack now. And box up some more stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna put a, a board on the ground, on top of the rug. I don't wanna have this thing sitting necessarily on the rug itself. I guess I could put down some concrete blocks. I want to have some kind of foundation that's not soft. Now the rack has got wheels, which can lock. So I really think it's time to start constructing it. Then I think we're going to have like a Raspberry Pi controller that we can connect to the machine to, to set it up. just boot to, to OS. So this guy on Pleb TV or Pleb Media, he's like, oh yeah, just stick this SD card in the machine and boot it up. That's it. one infected that SD card. Well, let's like stick this SD card in another machine, run a checksum, make sure it's good. should be as simple as plop this CD in and boot it up 
and you're good to go. And we're going to have to get some more hard drives. It's got lots of hard drive points that are not being used. We have to raid them. And I like my little secure key. It's crp.to. Create an embodiment. Create a server, and we have to plan on this server crashing. Well, at least the hard drives. So I'm going to start by ordering new hard drives, and um, setting up a raid. I should set up a raid to begin with with the existing hard drives. So that one of them can fail. And then um, they won't all fail at once, I hope. Then we're going to order a new set of hard drives. So we can increase the capacity. And then we're going to get some cheap hard drives, some external ones, for stuff that we don't really care about too much. USB, or we burn them to ZVD. Imagine if we had like a uh, Imagine if we had a backup of all of our images to like a DVD that would just play them in like time. We would play them as a movie. Like this was 2017. Look. A movie of your life. So we're going to have a certain amount of limited storage that's going to be redundant. A certain amount of CPUs. 
I'm going to start backing up all these emails. And then um, start harvesting all the emails of people who send to us. And I guess really what we want to do is set up our own email server. Now, this is where we get into some interesting stuff. What if I offer my friends a login to the server? And be like, you can pick up your message here on my server. And you want to send me something, you can upload it here. Like invite them onto my server. We haven't talked about all the uh, cloud parts yet. Different domains. What if everyone got their own subdomain and their email server was hosted there? What if every pair of people talking to each other would have their own subdomain? So this subdomain only hosts traffic between two people. be super neat. It's got to be easy for people to use. Like, here's a one-time access code sent to your SMS. That's how you log in. Your phone is your login. Right? How's that sound? Or we send Multi-factor, we can send you an email and, a, and an SMS. So we're going to have a, uh, a phone line hooked up to this thing, sending SMSs. Oh, sorry guys. Well, it appears that my um, throat has cleared up. I must have had a little cold there for a while. 
the corona. The coronavirus is the common cold, kids. But some people take it really seriously. And they do what they're told, and that's okay. You gotta respect them. Like, you're killing grandma! So, let's think. If you're going to log into a server, going to prove that you have access to this phone. We can send you a message on Telegram or something. Send you some link. Some one-time password. Have them resend it. And we might have to send you two of them. We send you one to one device and log you in. Then send you one to another device. You have two factors or three factors or whatever. I guess we're going to need to start with some kind of identity and access management system. Some kind of single sign-on. Some kind of key management. Some kind of true random number generator. Certificate authority. And these are all the things you don't want to have on a server that other people are on. Now, one of my friends has it running on a Raspberry Pi in a vault, which is pretty cool. And, um,. We got lots of Raspberry Pis. So that's another thing we're gonna do is we're gonna start setting up all these Raspberry Pis in the, in the in the rack, in the shrunk. And hooking them up to do stuff. I guess we're going to have some kind of name server internal. So they can find each other. So the question is going to become, you know, how much of this stuff are we going to do using alternative technologies? And so kind of a NAT. And a firewall. software defined. I'm going to use the uh, little routers, I guess. 
hook up different routers. And opened up your RT. Set up, set up them as load balancers. So, um, for the Raspberry Pi, it takes its power on board, it takes a certain power supply. So that's, uh, something. I think it's time for some new boots, kids. These are starting to wear out. They really are. After hundreds of thousands of steps, my boots are starting to wear thin. I guess I could put some orthotics in there. Maybe they'll get me through the winter. And I can wear some spring. Some springtime shoes. Some sneaks. So, um. So we're gonna have some kind of software to find. We're gonna have some kind of software to find uh, networking. gonna have um, some kind of wiring in place some kind of power solution and we're gonna reevaluate these things over time and I'm gonna start hooking up computers that I have lying around into the rack and basically I want to set them to boot on LAN and then you hook it up you just plug it in the LAN you go in the bias you tell it to boot on LAN you type in the boot password Ideally, we would have some phone that has the some device that we could hook up 
as a keyboard driver. We want keyboard drivers attached to all the devices, really. And video cards. Like, where do we send the video cables to? If we have all these devices, they could be rendering stuff with video cards. Video cards also got memory. I guess we could be setting the video stream somewhere from the card. Okay, we'll talk about that. Basically, we want something where if you have this device, you plug in another device and it'll configure the other device. Or it'll allow someone to log in and configure it. Like, I could help someone remotely. into someone else's machine and uh, help them configure it. Look at the screenshot. And I guess we want to convert the screenshot of the screen into something. So I really think what we're getting here with mathematics is eventually we're going to lose sight of what the numbers actually mean and we're just going to be describing relationships between them relationships between numbers okay now I've reached the, the art installation I have my chalk so it's time to do the stream of random advertising <sighs> and tell them to listen to this podcast. Listen to. Let's do it on the other side. 
listen to the stream of random podcast. A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash S-T-R-E. And now I'll even leave this chalk for someone else. Okay, let me take a picture of this for, for the uh, show. almost 8 o'clock. Let's see if we can get a better shot. That shows the full glory of what we've done here. Instant gratification, kids. Well, this was a long time in the making. It's 8 o'clock, so we have to head back now. But we did our mission. We done did what we came to do. And I left some chalk for someone else. Because we had lots of chalk at home. We're not using that chalk that often. We have lots of pieces. So I did my part in art installation here. It's the chalkboard. Now we can see if we have any Dunkin' Donuts credits left. And uh, we could buy some. So why don't we do this, kids? I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna order my Dunkins from these unfriendly people. I'm gonna do the app so they can't um, say no to me. And then um, we're gonna continue on the way home. I'll record a second segment. We're gonna save this one. All right. That's what we're gonna do. Look at that. Okay, kids, we're back. 
So I ordered, I still can't order a dozen bagels um, on the app. But I ordered myself a uh, sandwich and a coffee. So that's good. So that's real good. It's a real good thing. Um, so yeah, so we basically, we want uh, a terminal controller that you can hook up to the uh, machine and you can control the whole thing. remotely and we also want to have a boot from LAN onto disk so that we'll have the disk images stored what is it, a TFTP server or something? now what I used at the bank was this open source tool for managing that I forget the name. And that was fun. It was a, uh, it was a way to, um, It was a way to uh, boot into the server and manage all of that. So we'll see what we need. Um, and we're going to start with I guess one server to set up the other servers. And um, I suppose we can run them diskless. We can mount the file system. We might give them a USB disk. We'll see what we're going to do with disks. I mean, we might have some nodes attached to, let's say, these cheap disks. These USB disks. And I have all these old hard drives that I want to go through. So I could just, every day, 
take one of the hard drives, hook it up to this thing, have it scan through it and copy the data, and then um, have it copied into the cluster. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. We'll see what happens. Just kind of wondering. I'm just kind of wondering, kids. going to get into this world of programs as numbers like Turing machines where we don't actually know if what the result's going to be of a computation like Wolfram was talking about where we don't we don't have the absolute truth of the situation the universal platonic truth where it's all just relative something boy these cars are loud coffee turned to ice. So maybe we're going to be stuck in the truth that we don't have an absolute truth of math. That we're just going to have relationships between numbers. We're not going to even have something that gives us a global consistency. We're going to have some relative models and relationships that give us some kind of proof proof system due to the nature of their form. Let's call that formal mathematics or form-oriented. Like due to the nature of this form, we can solve certain things. It's not going to give us an absolute understanding. It's not going to give us the beauty that we're looking for. The pretty pictures of roses, tulips, and that we're going to be disappointed again. That we want that beautiful thing. some kind of imagery, some kind of picture, some kind of movie, some kind of entertainment. We want to be entertained. 
sit back and watch. But I think math is a participatory sport. It's like, you need to participate. Okay, phone's ringing. Let's see who's calling. Okay, round three. Sorry. fluffy dog at our house. I guess I'm going to set her up with a place to stay outside. We're in the in the mudroom or something so she doesn't make a big mess everywhere. Set up the gate so she can't get in the house proper. She can spend most of her day outside with that huge furry coat. She loves it in the snow. mathematics aren't going to give us the security that we want the truth if it's just going to be more lies was it lies damn lies and statistics the numbers are arbitrary the relationships okay yes we have certain relationships which are true we have certain things like physics understand using the language of God I mean 
all of these things like gravity, isn't that just looking at statistics and then making inf inferences as to why trying to model things like this is why the ball falls down coming up with some kind of factors and some kind of equations to describe it better than just the things we've observed the beauty of math and physics is when you actually can describe things more succinctly, more beautifully. <clears throat> I'm getting snow in my shoes, snow in my boots here, kids. It's not fun. It ain't fun. Slippery. Someone's sign for sale sign on the ground underneath the snow. It's all slippery. And damn, these cars are loud. guy who records his walks without talking. Which is a pretty bold move. We could just do five minute segments of no talking and just record it. Like this is the sound of the street in New Jersey. Yeah, well that's interesting, huh? So maybe mathematics is not going to give us the security that we're looking for, but it might give us some discipline. Discipline equals freedom, that's what Draper told us. Maybe that's what we need, is more discipline. So, 
if I use DNS, someone else's DNS records the stored data. Then I could run my own DNS server that just fetches the data from someone else. And keeps some records in memory. I need to move my stuff off of GoDaddy. They're just raising their prices like crazy. $17 for a renewal. It's like, is that crazy or what? GoDaddy has to do alle. You lost it, man. I gotta set up my own domain hosting. That's also getting into the problem. We gotta look into these uh, distributed hash tables. I guess we're going to get into really just the question of language, power of language. What can you express in a given language? This is kind of going to get back to the uh, to the um, clean or regular expressions and different formal languages. Like, what can you express in a formal language? and just discrete mathematics that's what we're going to get back to I think that's going to be the next step in this whole thing We get a ticket if our car is parked on the street, but they don't get a ticket if we don't clean the sidewalk for weeks for multiple snow events. And it's a public business. Lots of unfairness in the world, it seems. But the crown needs to pick winners. That's going to feed it. So we learn that from Australia. And the American crown, it's just a more liberal crown. It's not really that much different. Like as we learn from the Marxists. But we also learn from the Marxists that the Marxist crown is not any much better. 
Because people ain't better. People ain't much better, and they're not getting any better. And I think that's kind of where we're getting at here. Is some fundamental truth. fundamental truths. Yeah. And those might be fundamental truths about cellular structures, me mental structures, etc. Having them group up in certain ways, build certain forms. So I'm starting to think that we can create a domain-specific language. To describe patterns and replacements in these tree structures. I've always had this thought on other levels, but I'm for math. And then some kind of interpreter to run it. And that might be worth researching into. And it might be that this language is related to the fundamental format of them. It might be very specific to the representation. Like if we represented as bits, bit masks, then we can do bit operations on them. Represented as numbers, we can do numeric operations on it. Represented as an array, we can do array operations. So can we find a representation where the operations map onto some fundamental truths of what we're doing? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for doing the sidewalk. Hey, hey. Good job. Yeah, I have a leak in the boots. It's leaking water from the bottom, I feel. 
or there's just water pooling in the bottom from the snow that's melting. So, what we learned from this is we gotta tie our boots up tight and cover them so snow can't get inside. I think that's gonna be a lesson learned here. Tighter boots, cover them on the top. I guess I could cover them on the top right now. I could tie them up right, tighter right now. That's gonna help. So I guess we're getting into forms. Forms and forms and forms. And is one form better than the other form? We talked about waveforms, geometric forms, dot forms, bit switch forms bits. Well, the computer is definitely very fast at bits. Comparing them and shifting them and adding them. And, uh, seems to me uh, seems to me uh, seems to me that the bits could be used to represent all types of things. And a rep and a uh, an expression could be just vector of, of uh, bits or an array of them that gives us some information about what's in there. And we've chosen that representation. We could then some logic to it but where's the understanding kids so this is where I guess we could get some fundamental relationships but uh, it seems to me that this visual entertainment this introspective type 
understanding is going to be harder. Like the narrative, the storytelling, you know, putting it together for someone, the whole nar narrative story, that's kind of hard to come up with. Okay, the phone is beeping. I think we're we're basically done for today. Got another 15 minutes to get home. Probably gonna be late. I think I'm gonna uh, call this one, guys, and. Uh, We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Looks like, uh, well, we might have snow. We might be have ice tomorrow. Let's pray to the gods of snow that we're not going to have too much ice. But we'll just do the evening walks when, the, when, this, when this ice is melted. We can't do a morning walk when it's dangerously slippery. Okay. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.